Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor, and I will be one of your hosts. Joining me today, as always, is Whitney Bass. Oh, I'm number one. You're number one because you give the best content. Shocking. And with us as well as Andrew Matrone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to send you guys down a dark path today with all my... <laughs> All my responses. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, thank you for joining us today. We are coming off a week break. Um, what did you guys do with your free time? How did you enjoy your podcast PTO? I went on vacation. Where'd you go? I went to Asheville, North Carolina. Not Nashville, Tennessee. Asheville. All right. What What took you to Asheville? Um, we just wanted to get away and... Be in a cute little cottage away from the world. <laughs> and if you want, ever want to go there, that is what the town is. There's okay. a lot of people wanting to get away from society. <laughs> it's awesome, though. Okay. Well, what I was like it. your what was your most memorable, favorite part of your trip? Oh, we went to this castle. It was an estate. Okay. But they had a working Wait, farm. Wait, I think I saw pictures on Instagram of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it? I didn't like it, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was awesome. It was like the Vanderbilts built this house. There's a lot of like, oh, dope. Um, oh, there's just so much like history there and stories. And I just love that. Soaking in history. But it still is like a working farm today. Oh, wow. So I just loved it. Would you recommend Asheville to anybody looking for a fall getaway? Totally. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Andrew, how did you use your, your podcast week off? Uh, well, we opened up church this weekend. That's right. That was, that was a lot of fun being back in the building with our Red Rocks Church fam. And hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, in the next next little bit, you know, we can maybe start doing some young adults again. And Let's do it. Back into service. But we'll see. Everything's up in the air right now. But yeah. Changes by the hour. Yes, literally. So. <laughs> Guys, we are so happy to be back because this week we are kicking off our relationship series. Oh. Let's go. We are going to talk about love, <laughs> sex, dating, singleness, sex, and everything in between. <laughs> no, we're excited to jump into this. I, I would say, <laughs> I would say for me as a young adult pastor, this is probably the area of relationships is the number one topic I get asked about yeah. uh, from young adults that come to YA. And so mm-hmm. I think that everybody, young adults, college <laughs> students, young professionals, um, you know, constantly are wrestling with this question of how do I find the right person? What does dating well as a follower of Jesus look like? How do I maximize my singleness and and use that as a time of life where I'm moving forward and not just stagnant? And so I think over these next couple of weeks, we're going to tackle the area of relationships and sort of like an order of how relationships normally play out, which will be singleness, which we'll talk about this week. We'll do a week or two on dating marriage, we'll talk about sex, so on and so forth. And we might vary it up a little bit. We might throw in a Q&A and answer some of your all's Instagram questions or whatever. So who knows, but be sure to tune in, hit us up on social media, ask us uh, anything you've got about relationships and, and stay mm-hmm. tuned. You might see one of your questions answered. Come on. 
Yeah. So let's dive in. Let's not keep the people waiting. This is this is the topic of choice, I feel like, for a lot of people. And so today, like I said, we're going to talk about singleness, being single and ready to mingle. Um, and I kind of want to preface our first question like this. I think so often in the church world, if you're single, uh, it can almost feel like you're spoken down to or like you're in this season of life that needs fixing or the goal of your life should be to get out of being single ASAP. When the further you get into your 20s and early 30s, the more you feel yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. However, though, I think kind of culturally we're seeing a bit of a shift where people are getting married later and later, having kids later in life. And right. I think it's because to some extent people are realizing and enjoying their time of being single. They're yeah. seeing the benefits of their uh, single season of life. And so for you, I know everybody at this table is married. And so we kind of have like a, a bit of a, a slant when it comes to this this topic. But um, what are some of your fondest memories or maybe that you can think of your biggest pros when you look back and remember your season of life where you weren't married, you didn't have kids, and it was just you and you alone that you had to worry about? Yeah, well, I, I love this this whole topic of relationships in, in this whole series. It's funny because research would show that the opposite sex is the number one thing that a 20-something thinks about. Mm-hmm. Yes. So out of all the thoughts in your day, the most that research would show is that you think about the opposite sex. Um, so relationship with the opposite sex is one of the biggest drivers for many people in their young adults. And so I think that this is, this is really, really important and I think really powerful. Um, but I do think that this season of singleness – is so important, and I, I loved it. I I loved my my time of, of being single. Mm-hmm. I think that there there may be a bigger perceived stigma than maybe what what there actually is. I, I think that a lot of people in their early twenties mm-hmm. maybe they start feeling it further on in their life as their friend group starts to get married and have kids, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to be the one wearing the wedding dress. I don't want to be the bridesmaid mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I do think that people in their young 20s that are in college and maybe just out of college, it's a really fun, exciting time because um, you're, you're kind of you're out of being at home and you're kind of getting to expand on this world of finding who you are as an individual, which I think is really beautiful that, that the, the pressure to get married in your early 20s is kind of starting to fall away. Because it's like, no, be an individual, learn about yourself, mm-hmm. grow, heal, all the different things. So so to me, I'm, I'm a really big proponent in your early 20s. Um, if, if you don't feel like you have that person that's right in front of you to just really mm-hmm. engage and enjoy that season. Yeah. And and I think what I loved most about my season, of, you know, I got married, I just turned 23, so I, I, was, I was pretty young, but... Um, I, I love that season because I just got to worry about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was really selfish. Like once you get married, you realize how selfish of a person that you were, and oh, then you have yeah. kids, mm-hmm. you realize even how more selfish you were. Um, but I, I it, it was really really fun because when you get married, it's a partnership, it's a union. You don't make decisions just based off of you. You make decisions based off of the other person involved, your spouse. And and I was telling you guys before, I think to depict it perfectly is I love like flying when it's just me (laughs) because I can show up. I can show up when I want to show up. Mm -hmm. I go to the bathroom when I want to go to the bathroom. I go through security (laughs) how I want to go. I get to the gate and I I board the plane when I want to. But when I fly with my wife, 
<laughs> it is like yeah. so much different because it's yes. like I have to worry about somebody else and mm-hmm. and she has to get her Starbucks and she has to pull her makeup out perfectly out of the bag and put it in the bin because she doesn't want the TSA touching it. Like, <laughs> And she's always sprinting to the gate and I'm like, you're stressing me out. So that's kind of singleness is like you get mm-hmm. to kind of fly solo yeah. and you get mm-hmm. to go at your pace and because the second you enter into that relationship and then marriage – you're you're, uh, you're trying to navigate the pace of, of somebody else so that you can have health within mm-hmm. your relationship. So that's why I, I think for me, I, I really, really enjoyed that season. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I remembered um, I had this married couple and they would mentor me. And I did not, I wouldn't say idolize their marriage, but I really respected their marriage. And I asked one night, I was like, gosh, like, is it just amazing, like a dream come true to be married? And their response was actually kind of shocking. And I'm so glad they they said this, because I think a lot of young adults, this is a really good question. Like, your dream, your idol is marriage one day. And but they said, they're like, you know what? Yes, like we have like a great marriage, but we miss the years of being single. Mm -hmm. And um, and then they encouraged me to be my own person like find what really makes you tick and find what god what what makes you come alive Mm -hmm. and i remember walking away from that totally shifting how i would like pray and think about marriage one day and then i was like i could do whatever i want yeah and obviously in the context of the bible but (laughs) i was like i the world is my oyster and then from that it was like maybe Six months later, um, I got the opportunity to go and do this like awesome internship in England and just feeling like so like it's me and the Lord and it's just like a tag team between us and there's nothing that can come in between. Right. Um, and I loved that season almost to a point where I did meet Conrad. I was like trying not to let my heart go there because yeah. I, was, I just like loved it. And I know that's not everyone's story, but whenever I get asked this question, like, gosh, like singleness, I'm like, don't view it as a disease. View it as such a sweet season. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. I think that you, everybody has responsibility in life to some extent, like, um, but especially being a new dad, your time is just not your own anymore. Mm-hmm. Like every conversation is based around, at least for me, like, our, when does our baby need to go to bed? Okay, when's their nap? When do we need to feed her? When does she need this? When does she need that? Oh, wait, yeah, we're married still. So we need to, like, hang out, and we yeah. need to talk, and we need to invest in each other. And and then time for yourself, um, and, and I'm a bit more of an introverted person, becomes less and less and less available, and you got to either wake up at 5 in the morning if you want coffee in the Bible yeah. or stay up later or something like that. And so a pastor that I really like, said this is like, you know, when I was single, relationally, I might have been a little low as far as that that deep, intimate relationship with like another person. But my time was just ample. I could mm-hmm. discover who I am and discover my passions. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's one of my fondest memories or, or honestly what I would say would be the biggest pro um, in this season of single life for people is that it can be hard if you enter into a relationship not knowing who you are. And you might never fully, you know, understand your heart or know know exactly who you are. But when you can, like, learn yourself a little bit and then enter into a yeah. relationship, you can invite somebody into who you are and not who you're trying to discover mm-hmm. 
you are, yeah. if that if that makes any sense. And so, did you um, always feel this way, like that you were hidden with Christ? I know in my singleness, like that sounds really so spiritual. spiritual. Yeah. No, but like no, but a big part of marriage is like being known by your spouse. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I feel like I learned being known and exposed and exposed. Known, yeah, exposed but like being like known so intricately. Like I always just say, I'm God's favorite, and that's so not right theologically but i really did feel like so known by the holy spirit and by god that it almost was like it helped in that next season of life with like intimacy with your spouse that's like oh now you know yeah just as much as god like i don't do you, do you guys did you feel that way or not am i crazy <laughs> i don't know I, I think i think it it was and still is a process a <laughs> no i mean like for me like opening up to to aaron about certain things like didn't all happen at once where totally. i feel like when you meet jesus you like open your eyes from praying or whatever and you're like i've never been known in a moment more yeah. than by somebody um but I, I can relate to that. <laughs> I yeah, I, yeah. I think I think what's interesting about like this this question and, and kind of what we're talking about is that you, you're you're committing yourself to to somebody. Yeah. And when you commit to somebody, then then you you compromise like your own wants and desires and uh, and perspectives on life and, and you're you're intertwining two lives. And so that's why I think like people they say like I have commitment issues. Mm. And or or someone's dating someone who they have commitment issues, and I, I think that it's, and I was just kind of thinking about this as I was thinking through this podcast is that commitment issues isn't necessarily like a, a bad thing, it's, mm. it it can be, but I also think there's something like someone's having a hard time decommitting to them purely themselves yeah. and committing to somebody. I, I remember for me, me and Jerica, our relationship was was pretty up and down uh, before we got before we got engaged. And and I remember like that was like a big thing for me because I was like, mm. look, I'm I'm 22 years old, yeah, and I don't know what my life is gonna look like. And so by by putting a ring on your finger, I'm committing to you the rest of my life that we're I'm gonna deny myself to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're someone who like, dude, I have major commitment issues, I think pray through that, but also like see that that that's not necessarily a, a completely bad thing. That yeah. maybe mm-hmm. God's trying to work out some more things in your life. If you're dating someone who like they're refusing to commit fully to you, then have the wherewithal and the strength and the confidence to, to move on from that relationship yeah. for this time and say, hey, I like you, but but obviously you're not ready to to commit your life to me, which is a big, big deal. Yeah, it's, it's a huge. big deal. Like, because if, you, if you're dating someone who's non-committal and you push them to commit mm-hmm. to you, I'm telling you, that is the last thing on this planet that you want. Mm-hmm. You do not want to push someone to commitment that they're not ready because they're going to be fighting that and you're going to be fighting them in that. Mm-hmm. So so I think I don't know, maybe switch the narrative a little bit on commitment issues. That yeah. maybe it's not as so maybe it is, I don't know. If so you if extent. you're dating or if you're in a relationship yeah. and they're struggling to commit to you, yeah. that might be a sign. Right. Yeah. If, but. if 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 you guys are fooling around and they won't commit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. there's so yeah, I think that there is a level to that, but at the same time it's like Look, maybe it's just like God's saying this is a sign that God's like, I'm I'm not asking you to to decommit to yourself and mm-hmm. to commit the rest of your life to something. That's yeah. So because once you're committed, you're committed. Yeah. So like everything else, be, like yeah. yeah, navigate it, have wisdom with it, yeah. have some discernment with it, because um, it's it's your life and mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's good. Um, kind of moving on to our next little thought. I 
and we, we talked about this for a second, but I think there is, or at least there was, a stigma around being single, but wanting to be in a relationship. Um, you know, you're single and, and maybe you're that guy or you're that girl that sort of inwardly you just really desperately, passionately want to be in a relationship. Like it's almost like a bad thing if you're single and you desire that. Um, but I don't think necessarily that's the case. And so I kind of want to go maybe even a, a step back on that question and say, why do you think that most people have a deep desire to be in a relationship? And if you're single and you have that deep desire, is that a bad thing to really want a relationship with somebody? Uh, I actually, so I'm going to refer in this podcast a lot back to the Loveology book by John Mark Comer. I know it was on your reading list, I think yeah. last summer, this summer. Yes. One of them. Anyways, yeah. um, but it's a, just a, such a seven great, summers ago when COVID I know, wasn't a thing. I know, <laughs> yeah. but it's such a great reference for you in, especially in your dating um, lives. But I'm just going to read this little um, statement that he makes, <clears throat> and it says this: "I cannot tell you how often I hear people say, all you need is God.' That makes for nice song lyrics, but the problem is that's just not true. God never says all you need is God." Adam has God, and it's not enough. God says it is not good for the man to be alone. And I just thought that was so applicable in answering this question that this desire is something that since the be- literally the beginning of time that God has put to crave knowingness between male and female and to have relationship. And so I don't think it's a bad thing to say I'm, I'm single and I desire a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think when when it becomes a negative thing is whenever you put that relationship on a pedestal or yes. your value or your security is based off of that. Like, dude, desire that. Yeah. Like, and I, I think that if you desire something to, to be in relationship and have a healthy marriage one day, that's a beautiful thing. That's a great thing. I hate when people um, we've heard it said so many times of. When you quit wanting it, that's when God will put it into your life. Oh, I hate that. You know, like people people say yeah. that crap with people who like can't have kids. Like once you quit having that desire to have a kid, yeah, then God will, will let so you guys get pregnant. Yeah. You know, and it's like so so shove all your desires, all your wants, all your dreams, all the promises, like shove that down and like just focus on in so I, I think desire the relationship, desire the healthy relationship, dream about what your marriage could look like, pray for your yeah. spouse. I pray for my kid's spouse. That might be weird, but I pray for my kid's spouse, mm-hmm. like, because I know that one day my kids are going to desire to be married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I think where it turns is when you, you start putting on a pedestal, all your security is found in that. And so it's it's not a desire, but it becomes this like hunger. Yeah. <laughs> this like, this yeah. like thirst of like, I have to have this, like I've. And I'm just, I'm such a loser. I don't have, what's wrong with me? And so that's, if you're in that kind of mode, I think you need to check your your heart with it. I think there's a stigma around being single and wanting to be in a relationship, but it's, it kind of, it kind of like is a little bit more of a cliche. Like I know in, I went to a Christian school and the whole like ring by spring thing, like especially at a Christian school, like, um, you know, the girls that I saw this this like little video on Instagram recently of this girl that was just like, I just met my husband five minutes ago. Yes. And this other girl was like, I just had the best first choice <laughs> yeah. I've ever had. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, but, there, but and unfortunately, there's like this cliche, like especially around women for some reason of like desperately wanting a man. And mm-hmm. 
but and guys would never admit this, but there's an equal amount of guys that desperately want, 100%. you know, a yeah. girl. Um, and I think that literally, like Whitney was saying, from the very beginning, when we read the Bible, Genesis 1, God is introduced in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And when he creates humanity, he creates humanity first in context of a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, in the context of a relationship with, you know, the opposite sex and a command from God is to know each other mm-hmm. and be intimate with one another to repopulate, to, to populate the world. And so I think we're fooling ourselves if we would say that a deep desire in our heart to be in a relationship, to have that companionship, to be known on that level. And honestly, even for sex, which is a very healthy thing, like that's not bad. And that's not something you should be ashamed of. Like you were saying, I think when that uh, just totally absorbs your time and energy and thoughts, like all Mm -hmm. of it, it can get unhealthy. But God created you to deeply want a relationship, not only with him, which I think is like what we focus on. Like I'm dating Jesus right now. Like, Mm -hmm. no, Jesus is married. He's married to the church. He has a bride (laughs) Um, and he's not cheating on it with you. But, um, but, but, but someone just rewound. They're like, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like the, all the guys, I'm girls, I'm dating Jesus right now. Like, no, you're not. No, stop <laughs> saying that. Um, but but it's okay to have that desire, and you you were you were designed that way, and and you should have that. I think that's a really yeah. good and healthy thing. Yeah. Well, question for you guys: Like, what do you? When did you feel like you you knew that you were you were ready to like start engaging in in, in a relationship? Or, or when did you feel like, hey, marriage is actually something that um, I think is something, you know, because I, I do think that there is a, a point in time in your life where you're like, no, I, th- I think that I, I feel like I'm ready and I'm going to start praying for this in a, in a different kind of way. Like, yeah. did you guys mm-hmm. have had that moment or no? Maybe, yeah. not, maybe not a specific I, moment, but like. A, yeah, I mean, yeah. I can I can speak from that. So <clears throat> I guess this kind of this does kind of feed into like gosh, like how I know he or she is the one for me. And I know for me personally, um, there was, this is such a small little story, but this was real for me. So Conrad had been like pursuing me and I was always kind of like, eh. And then- (laughs) Conrad feels great right now. No, he knows. (laughs) I, we both are, no, because then the, the script flipped. Then I was like, I am in- not in love with you, but I was like, I really like you a lot. And it was from this moment. So, um, Jesse Davis at the time, um, when she was leading young adults, she had pulled me aside and she's like, Hey, the rumor mill is that you and Conrad are kind of like talking to each other. Is that true? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, so I have something I need to tell you about him. I'm like, okay. And she's like, so that previous summer, um, they had taken like a missions trip to Zimbabwe and she told me the exact number that he had given, which I don't know if she should have done that, but she gave me the exact number that he gave, like a lot of money to this um, missions trip. And in that moment, I was like, this is the type of person I want to be with, like mm-hmm. a call of generosity on his life. And then there were like little moments since that, but that was like the defining moment for me where I was like, this guy is the real deal. And unfortunately, like fast forward down our relationship, um, my mom had gotten really sick 
And I actually remember talking to you in the Y offices at the time. Like, how do we know? Gosh. And I just remembered how Conrad served my mom and my dad and my sisters in crazy times in the day and night. And I'm like, he will do this for me and my family, like in my future kids one day. And so for me, like to answer your question, there were all these moments in the relationship that it was a choice for me. It was just like, but it was being aware, like seeing it, seeing it. And Conrad wasn't perfect. I wasn't perfect. But seeing these little moments of character that really stood out. Yeah. And I know for a lot of young adults, I'm like, look in those like little character moments. Mm-hmm. Like, is he being manipulative or really selfish? Is she being really controlling? Or, but And then like magnifying that in marriage, it will just magnify mm-hmm. itself. And so being like really like nitpicky, fine tuning things to, um, and just asking like, gosh, like what? I know for Conrad that like call of generosity like followed him mm-hmm. and like conversations that he wasn't in. Yeah, and so that's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for Aaron and I kind of like, you know, you, you had mentioned that you and Jerrica had had some highs and lows in your relationship um, before you got married. And the same <laughs> was for Aaron and I, we would have like, you know, a month or two of awesomeness and then a, a huge fight. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that would derail you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is going to sound so weird and backwards, but one of this, I didn't have like a moment, but one of the moments mm-hmm. was when I saw how we could disagree. Aaron, Aaron and I are both very strong-willed, passionate people mm-hmm. that d- doesn't tend to back down. <laughs> Her maybe a little more than you. <laughs> you would think she's a little more outgoing. I'm, I'm a little more reserved with it, but when, I don't know, like when the doors are closed, it's like, game <laughs> but, uh, but That's I, funny. when the way we fought and the way we would come back and talk and find resolve, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the one thing I've, you know, in previous relationships, if, if I would fight with somebody, we'd kind of sweep it under the rug, maybe mm-hmm. don't go there and then whatever, and then we just have all these buried issues. With Aaron, we would come back, talk about it, figure it out, and move forward and be more healthy, you know? And I think we kind of joke around, Aaron and I, because, you know, we'll we'll talk to some couples that are like, we're fighting a lot, and it feels like we're not communicating. <clears throat> and I almost think that our early fights taught us how to communicate with one another. <clears throat> and so when I... Like, I, I had just never been on the same page and known that I could share anything with this person. And while they, and while Aaron doesn't agree with all my thoughts, mm-hmm. very, very few of them <laughs> sometimes, I was just like, wow, you, you're willing, you love me enough to work with me, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I love you enough to work with you. We don't see eye to eye on everything, but that's we're willing to give, we're willing to take, we're willing to find a middle ground. And I had just never experienced that before. And obviously I thought she was beautiful. You know, she was super kind, generous, awesome. Um, But that was one of the biggest things, weirdly, where Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, not only am I attracted to you, I can see myself having a life with you because we 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 can right. work together, right. you know. Yeah. So I think that was a huge sign for me. Mm. And anything for you answering your own question or? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. People ask like all the time, like, "How'd you know Jerica?" Yeah. And I'm like, there, there's there's a few. I mean, there's obviously all like the she was a worship leader. She volunteered. She's a believer. She loved the Lord. I loved mm-hmm. how she loved her family and all you know a bunch of things. But 
I remember it kind of boils down to the, the fact of every other person that I had dated, there was always something about that person where I'm like, I could not yeah. live with you. <laughs> like there's a certain things uh-huh. you like, like, wow, that thing that you have, uh-huh. even if it's something about now the way you chew your food, <laughs> like, like I could never, I'm yeah. like, I can't picture myself with you. But with Jerrica, even the little things that like bothered me, they're like, yeah, but they're still like, they don't bother me enough. It was like, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. Like she, all of a sudden it was this person in front of me who had like, had her own stuff and her own yeah. weirdness and, and her own yeah. things. But I was like, I kind of really like you in spite of all those things. Yeah. Whereas a lot of other people I dated, I'm like. That's not, enough. That, yeah. Nail like, in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can't. Yep. Yeah, that ain't going to work. And probably they felt that a lot about me. So um, that was kind of like, for me, it was a big. Yeah, I, I think one of my biggest misconceptions when I was single was the mo- I thought, like, I'll have that aha moment or I'll know I'm ready when I find somebody that doesn't have it, uh, any issues or that I just naturally click right. with. Mm-hmm. And you learn super fast. You will never, quote, unquote, just perfectly naturally click with anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just thinking more like, when you love somebody in spite of their flaws and you're willing to work through those with yeah. people and you're willing to walk that road, I think, I don't know, I never had this moment of like epiphany where I was like, Aaron's the one. I just right. think that so much of our lives were going in the same direction. We loved each other. We we knew how to work together. And then, you know, your your love or maybe your infatuation with somebody turns into this real like deep kind of love where right. you're like, wow, mm-hmm. I... I don't want my life without this. Oh, that's good. Thing. Yeah. That's wisdom. So um, I want to so look for the person who doesn't bother you when they chew their food. <laughs> they might just be the one. <laughs> it's like I'm talking to Conrad right now. <laughs> uh, uh, um, okay. So I've actually had a few people ask me this, and I think it deserves being addressed on the podcast. Mm. The dreaded, beautiful, whatever you want to call it, gift of singleness. I've had a few people come up to me and it's normally after they just get broken up with, if we're being honest, but they go, man, I think God just has the gift of singleness for my life. And it really sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting older. I've tried all the dating apps or whatever. And, you know, fill in the blank. And it feels like I just have the gift of singleness. What is the gift of singleness? And how do you know if you have it or hopefully mm-hmm. don't have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wouldn't you want me to answer that? Yeah, you, I think Paul talks a lot about that. Yeah, right? I, yeah, I, th- I think that like you could have a gift of singleness for, for a season. I think that uh, we've talked with a lot of young adults, even people like on our staff or people who have gone through our internship program yeah. uh, who have been like, I, I feel like God's calling me to a season of singleness. And th- there's been times with some people I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. But with some people, I'm like, yeah, I, I know, because you have a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're really trying to figure out things in your life, and you don't want to have somebody else in the trenches with you right now because yeah. you know you'll probably end up destroying them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think that the gift of singleness is is a real thing, I think, in seasons. But I, I also don't feel like that if you have a deep desire in your heart to, to be married and have a family and have kids one day and – I, I don't know if God's going to be like, nope, you will be this the rest of your life. <laughs> it, 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 the timing might look different. It, it may yeah. be later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I don't know, but I, I don't don't allow yourself to to believe that I'm just under this curse of singleness for the yeah. rest of my life. I, I think that be careful with that kind of thinking. But I, mm-hmm. I do believe that Paul Paul talks about it in in Scripture in, in Corinthians. Paul's like, "Hey, I'd rather you you be single." Um, he he prefaces it by saying like, "You're not wrong if you get married. You're not wrong if you're in a relationship." But he he talks a lot about like, "I'd actually prefer you to be single," and and it's a it's a spiritual reason. He says this in First Corinthians. He says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How can he please the Lord? But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world. How can he please his wife? And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of the world. How can she please her husband? Mm-hmm. I'm saying this for your own good. Not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way, right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. But again, he prefaces it before saying you're not wrong if you're in a relationship. But there is something about in a season of singleness where you're just you're undivided. Mm-hmm. And you can devote more time to, to serving within the church. You can devote more time to, to being in the word with the Lord and to worship and to pray. Like it's just um, you're undivided. So... So I think that there is a gift of singleness because there's something so beautiful, especially when you're in your 20s, you have time, you have resources, you have a job, you have money like maybe you've never really had before, and your attention is undivided. And Mm -hmm. you can say, I'm going to give all that I have to the kingdom of God and to the church and to my life group and to pursuing the kingdom of God. Um, So I think that it is a beautiful gift. Um, Are you called to that gift your entire life? (laughs) That's between you and God, but I would say that if you have the desire to be married and have a family, I, I don't think that God has has cursed you with that. Right. Yeah, I right. I would say it's it's called a gift of singleness and right. not not a curse. I talk to so many people that are like, oh, if I have this gift, it's like you know, it's like yeah. the ant that comes for Christmas and gives you like a gift you have to return right away. You're like, what? Why don't God? Yeah. I don't want it. You know, like. <laughs> running from it. I I agree wholeheartedly. If it's a gift, then it'll feel like a gift. If it, like I remember when I uh when I got saved, relationships was a really toxic part of my life. And uh I I took a year off dating cuz when I was a Christian, I was like, you know what? I've never really had a healthy relationship. Maybe I shouldn't even try for a while. It turned into 7 years of not dating. And uh I started to have those questions. <laughs> Wait, no, do I have the gift? <laughs> you know, of, of being single. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but it's real. It's, it's so yeah, real. It's, real it's so me. real. And and man, if it's a gift of singleness, then it's gonna feel like a gift. It's gonna feel like a blessing. It's gonna feel like an empowerment in your life, not this dreaded gift hanging over you that every time you get broken up with, you're like. It's my gift keeping you, me from a successful relationship. Do you feel like yeah. ma- maybe this sounds harsh? Do you, do you think that sometimes when people use that kind of verbiage that there's a level of like a defense mechanism? Oh, for sure. With yeah. it, for sure. Like if, yeah. if, if I say this is kind of. It makes me feel better about my it. current situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it can be a way to keep you from feeling like you're vulnerable, that you're you're putting your feelings out there to potentially be hurt or honestly maybe you're lonely and you don't want to act lonely so you mask it with you know something that seems a little biblical seems a little christian and so Mm. um yeah i guess my thoughts with that i think singleness can be a gift in seasons like you're saying but 
I think people that think they have this lifelong call to never be married, that would be great. Like if, if it was a gift given you by God, it would feel like a gift mm-hmm. and it wouldn't feel like this dreaded thing you're trying so hard to avoid. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I have met people like that. Yes. Um, it, I, I would say, I don't know if this is, it's probably been more, more females that, that I've met with that, but I've, I've met women who are in their like 50s, 60s, and they felt they felt called to that, and but they were like they were missionaries. They they adopted or they were their mm-hmm. foster mom and had tons of kids in and out of their home. Yeah. So you meet someone like that, and you're like, no, I think that 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 was a gift to them, and they walked in that, and yeah. mm-hmm. that they maybe had moments of loneliness. Maybe I don't know. So it's we can't really totally speak to that, but I have seen that before where I've been like, I I don't think that that was just some major curse upon their life no they used it and walked in and they were undivided their entire life yeah and so i don't know and and to call out that yes they were moving like mother Teresa. let's just put her on the pedestal for a second that she was moving the purposes of god forward and i think sometimes when i talk to people and students i'm like what you should not even be worried about this right now you're not, you do not have the gift of singleness. Like, <laughs> you're 19. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but I do think that um, they're just, it's overwhelmingly, that's the only thing they're thinking about. It's the only thing they're feeling. And then my follow-up question is, well, what are, what are some of the things that God wants to do right now in your life? What are the things, where are the places he wants to take you? And to recognize that this desire is is from God to get married, but he also wants to do something else. And that's why I love this book, Loveology, is he talks about, like, we were designed, we were created as humans to work. Mm-hmm. And it sh- you shouldn't just work to live. You should love what you do. Mm-hmm. And, yes, there's parts with sin that a part of every job, you can't love everything you do. However, there is something to finding, like, a mandate, a call on your life yeah. to work towards and then it says that marriage in this book, I love what he said, marriage is a means to an end. It's to come together, to join callings, and then to run together and cultivate the earth and bring life forward. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily physical life, it like babies, but like bringing like a vision and creative things forward. And so I think if you're struggling with like, that's the only thing you can be thinking about. That's the only thing you can be dreaming about. I would just ask you to maybe kind of go down a little bunny hole and say, you know what, what are my dreams yeah. beyond getting married? And what do, what life group can I join? How can I be giving in the, to my church in this season? How can I be supporting my leaders in this season, mm-hmm. et cetera? Yeah. Yeah, not, yeah I think that's good because sometimes it becomes such like our, our focus in life. And I, I believe yeah. that a lot of times like what you focus on, you, you'll worship. Yep. Yeah. Um, and in a weird way, we can almost like worship, like the potential of yes. so like our, um, like we begin to worship our our ideals of, of mm-hmm. what things could be and how they, they could play out, and and it becomes like every time we walk into an environment, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm so hoping you're solely scoping. focused, yeah, yeah, you know, so like it's hard for you to come to church and engage mm-hmm. with worship and, and relationship with God and, and what the pastor's preaching because you're just so focused on how do I look, how do I. Mm-hmm. you know so how am I worshiping who's seeing me you know yeah. so I think yeah. that we can become so focused on and I, I know we'd love to admit that we don't mm-hmm. but I know I had seasons in life before me and Jerrica really started dating where I was really 
always just kind of making yeah. myself available mm-hmm. for whatever, you know, and I, yeah. I, I just think that there, there's a better way about it. And I get it. It's, it's tough to navigate that. And so you're going to have moments where, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, man, that crap, I missed it. And that, that's fine. Um, but I think you have to have the wherewithal and like the perspective, like, okay, I can't let this be like my life goal. Yeah. yeah. It's not your life goal. Yeah. It's, it's part of a, part of what I think God wants to yeah. add to your life. I think too, you can get to a place where you idolize relationships and dating and marriage so much so that you almost make it harder for yourself. I know like um, for me, one thing, I, I, I'm a dreamer, a visionary, and sometimes I can create scenarios in my mind of, of my future that are so perfect mm-hmm. that they're not realistic. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, for, for some young adults, if you if you become so obsessed with a relationship and this fake person that you see yourself being with, mm-hmm. you create this standard that it's physically impossible for anybody to ever measure up to mm-hmm. because in your mind you've idolized something for so long that it's so perfectly suited for you that that person's not even real, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that that can be so dangerous. We see, you know, we can do it in a lot of different areas, but I think this... So much so, I, I have single friends um, that that want to be in a relationship, and they've been single for so long. And I think I don't I don't want to say they idolize relationships, but they they've almost created in their brain this this false person one day that they'll find mm-hmm. that is just perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. And I think the longer you obsess over that and see that, the harder it's going to be for you to find somebody because every single person you run into you'll be measuring them up against yeah. this fake person that you've created in your mind yeah. of your perfect future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's good. I think there's something really powerful with just life in general uh, of finding a really strong balance of optimism and realism mm-hmm. and, and uh, faith and, and fact. Yes. And that I'm going to be really optimistic and I'm going to have a lot of faith that like God's going to put someone really great in my life yeah. and and God's put that promise on me. So I'm going to start working towards it. I'm going to take steps towards it. I'm going to work on myself because I know that's going to happen one day. I'm going to believe in that. So I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be praying for that person. But also a level of like realism and in fact of like there's a reality to your current situation that you are single. Mm-hmm. Right now there's no prospects. <laughs> like yeah. this is the reality of your life and be okay with that. Yeah. And and so, like, we want to help you strike that balance of, like, be excited for the future. Mm-hmm. Have faith for it. Dream about it. Desire it. But also remember that God has you in this season, and he's placed you here. So be faithful in it. Yeah. Be um, Have a reality of your current situation while having vision for maybe what God has placed before Yeah. You. And I think friends and mentors help with the realism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah, have have people in your life that I think can yes. help speak help. into that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we're kind of winding down a little bit. We're going to jump into one more question before we kind of share maybe final thoughts. Um, in your single life, uh, I think, in, in singleness in general, I think everybody can tend to go one of two ways. Either you obsess over finding somebody and it's sort of all you think about and it's all-consuming, or um, maybe you live your life in a way where you don't care about a relationship at all and your mindset is sort of just, yeah, I'll cross that bridge when I get there right. one day. Um, do you think that there's a balance in your single season of life that you need to strike between preparing for a relationship in the future but not letting it consume you? Um, and I guess that that question would be then, if, if you think so, how would you then tell a single person um, you know, who's, who's trying to do their best in their single life 
How do you prepare for a relationship when you're single without it becoming your all-consuming thought? Mm-hmm. Like, what are some good practical ways to prep yourself for a relationship when God brings that into your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think just be be realistic with it, and I, I think don't 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 force yourself to feel a certain way. Because um, I know, like, if you force yourself into a situation that isn't the right timing, um, so don't allow yourself just to be a little bit. Like, I, I really just believe that if if you're engaging with the Word of God, you're, you're trying to, to the best of your ability, allow God to speak into your life and and walk according to His ways. Now, if you're not, and you're just like running amok in your life, mm-hmm. it's you you may miss some things. You might jump into some things where God would otherwise like really protect you from but you're just kind of off on your own doing your own thing like if you're really to the best of your ability engaging with God I think that he's just going to create create those moments and he's going to begin to place people into your life and then he's going to you're going to take steps towards it but if that's not happening right now in your life and then be okay with that and mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to be like no I really want this I yeah. maybe you don't right now and that's 100% fine mm-hmm. so yeah I know we talked a little bit about this before the podcast, but in Matthew 7, um, Jesus talks about like building your house on like solid ground. And I think this is so important, like going into relationships that, you know, they always say like, be the person you want to find. But there is something like so true to that. That's like, I am going to build disciplines and like, I'm not going to wake up at 1 (laughs) PM and not eat breakfast and not eat lunch and eat Doritos for dinner. Like there's something to building your life in a certain way and stewarding relationships, friendships. Um, like I know, like the like cliche, like how does he treat his mom? <laughs> but like for real, like those relationships that God has put in your life, like how do I treat my dad? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do I steward hard conversations? How do I um, – steward my health, like all these things before, I mean, that scripture, it says like, uh, build your house. In other words, like build your life or your family on the rock. Um, because when things come, when circumstances come that are not favorable storms in your life, they are going to wipe out. And that actually is really healthy. Things that are unhealthy will Mm -hmm. crumble. And so I think that it's unfortunate when, you know, as a young adult, you're building your life on things that you just kind of want to do and uh, patterns and feelings that you want to work out and live on and ways you view the world that's not founded on solid ground Mm -hmm. that one day when a relationship that does come around, I just see some of some of those things be like, Oh man, I wish that worked out for you. And it just didn't, but you've developed a pattern for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. a certain way. So anyways, um, I would just say that like do your best I mean, you're human. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to find the perfect human. Um, but do your best to build your house on the rock and have people in your life that you can be accountable to. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I don't know, like a, a piece of advice or how you how should I prepare for a relationship? I, I would just say this. The person you are right now is the same exact person you'll be in a relationship. Yep. I think just like we can idealize the the spouse we don't have yet one day, mm-hmm. we can idealize who we're going to be in a relationship. That's so good. But like if you're if you're addicted to porn right now, why do you think being in a relationship is going to magically fix that? Mm-hmm. If you, you know, struggle with any overeating, lying, um mm-hmm. 
I don't know, not not handling your money wisely. Yeah, yeah like a relationship isn't going to fix that for you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be that exact same person, but now you're just bringing somebody else into that um, situation. And so I would say how do you prepare for a relationship would be work on yourself yeah. and, and not just so that one day you can benefit another person, but so that you can be whole and yeah. you can be fulfilled as an individual. Um, get get your life in order, not not just so that God will bring you somebody, but so that you're living according to the Bible. You have sound wisdom in your finances. Your soul's not addicted to things that are tearing it apart. Right. You, know, yeah. you, you don't need approval from other people, but you're confident in who God's called you to be. I think, um, I think that we kind of joke around and, you know, like prepare for the spouse one day, but it's not just for your spouse. It's mm-hmm. for you also. It's mm-hmm. be the person that God has called all of us to be in or out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and when you, when you do that, I think, and we're all growing, you're never going to hit this mark of, okay, I've got A, B, C, and D down. All I need to do is work on one more thing and then bam, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. You're always a work in progress. Right. But work on that. Don't yeah. be satisfied with where you're at. Grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you're just working on growing and following Jesus, you're preparing yourself yeah. for yeah. a relationship. No, that's good. You know, self-discipline in your singleness leads to self-discipline in, in your marriage. Yeah. And yeah. what you don't deal with now, you'll deal with in your marriage, but at the expense of other spouse. People. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, you don't have to, don't hear us that you have to go into marriage all perfectly put together right. and all healed up and you don't have any baggage or any right. we don't want we're not trying to say in your singleness like get perfect yeah not at um, all but there are i hit my mic all the time uh but <laughs> but there there are levels of, of which things that are in your life that actually could be quite detrimental to to totally. your marriage mm-hmm. um and so i, I just want to encourage people we'll probably talk more about this when we talk about marriage but being getting married is not your end goal Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we have this stuff like, I just want to get married. Mm-hmm. Getting married is a benchmark mm-hmm. in your life because all of a sudden you get married and you wake up next to that person and it's like now the real work yeah. begins. So um, so I just think that that's important that we have to look at our lives in these like these seasons that we have that God has put this race before us the second we were born. And so there's no there's no finish line. Yeah to like the life here on this earth. And so each season God's trying to develop, mm-hmm. do different things. So like in your singleness, this is this is like one leg yeah. of this giant race that mm-hmm. you're in. So think about that. Like I got this 400 meter leg of this 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 lifelong journey of my singleness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to I'm going to try to run it in, in a healthy way and an appropriate way and then I'm going to get married. Mm-hmm. And it starts a whole new new mm-hmm. journey. So I don't know. So I think fight to like what are the areas in your life that have been pretty broken that mm-hmm. that need some healing that probably should get some exposure because if you don't expose it now it'll get exposed sometime. Yeah. yeah. Um so that'd be my encouragement if I could go back. Yeah. That'd yeah. be my biggest thing. Yeah. Is what because there were some things in my life and my heart and my soul that I refused to let anybody into. Mm-hmm. There were certain things of how I handled finances as a single person that I wish I would have. Yeah, totally. So what are those things in your life that you can start working towards? Yeah. Uh, I think you'll just be happy and so will your spouse. Yeah. 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 I know yeah. Gary Brigman, he, in our premarital counseling, he said, you know, very seldom do you have marriage fights, but more so it's person, like your personhood mm. is unhealthy. Yeah. So like when, when you're responding to Conrad, 
there's a deeper thing going on there. Right. It's not just you guys are having this marriage fight about toothpaste, you know, <laughs> and that, that, that would be considered a marriage fight. Sorry. But like when he's, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, that just keeps taking me off. But, um, anyway, so I thought that was like so powerful yeah, and great. just, yeah. When you enter into marriage, <laughs> like it, there's more at play than just, yeah. 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 That's, that's awesome. And obviously we can't even come close to tackling every single question yeah. or topic on singleness. Um, you know, we're going to move forward in the next podcast, talk about dating and, and relationships. We might talk about breaking up or, you know, all these different things. Um, and if you've got specific questions, like I said, hit us up on Instagram and let us know. But before we wrap up today, um, any final thoughts for anybody on your season of singleness? Any any just last little comment, encouragement? Enjoy um, it. Anything like that? Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy it. Have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, celebrate your singleness. You only get it once, mm-hmm. even if it's your whole Hopefully. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, I'm kidding. All right. Well, guys, um, who wants to pray for us today as we as we wrap up? Whitney, Andrew. All right, I'll pray. <laughs> All right. Short and sweet. Lord, we thank you so much uh, for this time. God, I pray that you would speak to each person individually, uniquely, Lord, in their own situation and what they've been going through. Um, Lord, you have great desires for them. And Lord, I, I just pray they would lean into you, Lord, that they would maybe eliminate their own expectations and they would be willing to ask the question, God, what, what do you want mm-hmm. from me in this season? God, I know all the things that I want. God, a lot of times we love to say, God, this is the life that I want. Will you, will you follow me? Mm-hmm. But God, can we... Can we, uh, in this season, be like, God, what is it you want for my life and my singleness? What, what kind of, what do you want my marriage to look like? What do you want my healing to look like in this season? And I just feel like when we do that, Lord, we just create space for you to begin to work and speak. So, God, we love you. We trust you. Ask all is your name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, on whatever platform you listen to, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you know somebody walking through a season of singleness, why don't you share it with them? Let them know that you're thinking about them. And hopefully this will be an encouragement. Um, make sure to join us next week and the following weeks as we continue to talk about relationship and for all things uh, young adults, you can go to our website, ryaorg or you can hit us up on Instagram. We love you guys so much. We'll be back again next week. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Bye.